and we are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I'm Fred Lambert, your host, and I'm joined by Seth Wintron. How are you doing this week, Seth? I'm good. All right. Um, first off, a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of the Electric Podcast is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric Volkswagen ID4 SUV with zero direct emissions. It's the first electric vehicle for everyone. Before it can change the world, it has to change yours. Thank you, Volkswagens for spons- Volkswagen, for sponsoring the show. We're going to have a little more to talk about them later on, so stay tuned for that. Uh, if you're a fan of the show and you're listening right now, please give us a thumbs up. It'll help push the streams to more people and uh, help discover the show and um, promote uh, electrification. We appreciate when you do that. You can also hit the subscribe button because last I checked, 90% of you watching are not subscribed. What's that about, people? Do that. And um, that's it. We're going to jump into the news right now. It was kind of a slow week this week in the EV news world. I'm not going to lie. But we still have a few interesting things to talk about. We're going to get into that. Uh, so what, what could happen, actually, could uh, lead us to, to, to spend more time answering you guys' questions and, and discussing other topics that you guys want to talk about. So if um, you're into that, you can put that in the comment section right now. And we're going to discuss live on the show later on. But let's jump in with... Um, I mean, almost every other week, we, we talked about the Tesla price increases, and uh, we, we talked about the actual price increase without the, the reasons behind them, uh, which Tesla never really discloses. But uh, now, Elon to touched the subject a little bit and explained um, what, what is happening with the Tesla prices, which uh, if you haven't been following, Tesla has been increasing the price, especially with the Model 3, Model Y, incrementally by like $500 each increment uh, over the past like three or four months, um, resulting in like a... $2,500 price increase on Model 3 and it's like $2,000 price increase on Model Y. So quite quite a significant price increase over time, but like with each $500 increment. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation around the reason before that. Before that, it's just, just Tesla taking advantage of strong demand in the US, which we, we know has been happening. Uh, and then Oh, is it is it cost increases that uh, they are passing on to the consumers uh, to maintain a gross margin, especially with supply chain issues that have been talked about in the last few months? Or is it, it there's been the other big theory too that Tesla could be preparing for the uh, reform of the federal tax credit and getting back access to it for the Tesla vehicles and then uh, working on a better gross margin with that by increasing the prices. So, Or it could be like a combination of all of that too, which uh, we also discussed. But uh, basically, Elon confirmed this week that is um, it is due to the cost increasing. So he said that the price increasing due to major supply chain pressure, industry-wide raw materials especially. So uh, we, we've talked about uh, some, some, some supply chain issues, especially regarding the micro, microchip shortage that the uh, industry has been experiencing now for, uh, for the last few months. And uh, it resulted in production alts for a lot of the makers, including Tesla, uh, for a little while, I want to say in February. But um, other things happened too, like uh, well, this, this week, what prompt actually Elon commenting on that was the... Uh, the lumbar, the passenger lumbar supports uh, fiasco that happened earlier this week. So Tesla started delivering a few new Model Y without lumbar uh, support adjustments on the passenger side, uh, front passenger side, with new Model Y uh, without disclosing this, disclosing it. Like people were like in a surprise, they took delivery and like, hey, I don't see the front passenger lumbar support. So Elon said that uh, the cost of that has increased. And the uh, Tesla did their 
own analysis and you know how Tesla has is, is Tesla vehicles are just so connected that they have all the data and everything and they even apparently have the data to, of how many people use the lumbar uh, settings on the front passenger side and Elon uh, said that there were just not enough people using it that it made sense uh, with the price increase so they cut it out um in our report about that we did uh mention that tesla is not alone in this like uh, even uh uh, BMW on the on the i uh, X3 SUV uh, had the same issue, so they they ended up removing it. However, while removing it, they also decreased the price of the vehicle um, for removing the um, the feature. Uh, Tesla didn't do that actually, and and, and as we reported before, the, the price kept increasing. So uh, Tesla is really kind of scrambling to 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 cut some costs to maintain the gross margin here. And uh, we we won't see anything on the consumer side. It's all about <laughs> it's all about cutting costs right now. It sounds like it. So, did they cut the? Co- I mean, did they cut it out because they wanted to save like processor stuff for other vehicles, or is it just a money thing? Do you think you know they're trying to save a few bucks and not raise the price just across the board? Yeah, specific. it sounds like it's purely like a cost situation. Like my understanding, like these comments. I mean, again, this is Twitter. Like people, so, so like the the questions and answers are quite limited in information. But the way he said it, it sounded like the cost of uh, this lumbar support setting here is um, as increased, and I assume across the board. Um, and of course, the one on the on the driver's side is more important. So the the with the data, they figure out not enough people are using it on the passenger side. So we can just cut some costs there uh, without having too much impact on on consumer experience. But yeah, it sounds like it's all cost related. Like even the cost of that increase. Um, I mean, I assume that there's a micro microcontroller involved in this too. So that probably like goes back to the microchip shortage. A lot, right. a lot of people are, are are switching to microcontrollers because of uh, the the chip shortage. So now the price of microcontrollers are also increasing. So this is like kind of a a snowball effect across the entire industry. Yeah, but I mean, so a lot of people like I I know that he's probably right in terms of statistics. Like a lot of people are not using it. Uh, I'm a big fan of like lumber. So if you you know how to use it right with with your position, the way you're seating, uh, it it's extremely valuable, especially for longer drives. Like for shorter drives, it doesn't make it doesn't make a big difference. So I guess for the for the passenger, that's that's the reason why. But you know, do 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 you change it the lumber support when you get you get in the passenger seat of a car? In the passenger seat, yeah, uh, not really. But I'm usually driving, so yeah, I'm not a good example. Um, I am like, you know, <clears throat> we did just come back from Vermont this week and I, uh, actually I had to sit in the back because my two kids were fighting and, uh, my wife was driving and, uh, the back seat is not as comfortable as I remember it, at least after a couple hours. Like, yeah. They, I mean, they need they, to focus on that stuff. Yeah, for sure. When, I mean, it's never comfortable to go in the back seat of most car after <laughs> a couple hours and stuff. Uh, it takes me back to being a kid on a road trip with my parents and being stuck in the backseat. Especially to have some motion sickness from the backseat. So that, 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 that doesn't help at all. And then punching your brother. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, so yeah, that, that pretty much explained the, the price increases. So next time that happens, we, we, know, we, we know what's behind it, really. And we're going to keep an eye on that. I wouldn't be surprised if it, it keeps increasing because especially when it, if, if when it's related to the chip shortage because um, most 
chip manufacturer right now are, are, are looking at the increasing production, of course, to, to match a new demand for it. Um, but it, a, a lot of people see this this situation lasting for a relatively long time. I, I think the in, Intel CEO said that it could last a couple of years at least until yeah. they can catch up. Because you cannot t- turn uh, chip manufacturing uh, uh, production capacity on, on a dime. Like It, it takes a little while to, to ramp it up. All right. Um, okay, that happened yesterday. Like, uh, if you've been a Tesla investor, it hasn't been that much of a fun ride in the last few months. The stock has, has taken a significant hit. Uh, it retreated back from from a high from uh, early in the year, and uh, now a new report came out yesterday that that made the, the stock crash uh, briefly. Uh, at least it, it's back up today, so it's not too bad. But the, uh, when the report came out, like it was a, an instant like four percent drop, which of course wipes out billions of dollars when it comes to Tesla. And um, the this report in question was interesting. It came from the information, so which is a, a somewhat respected like tech tech publication, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, they they reported based on something that we don't hear a lot from Tesla, at least lately. Uh, it's net new orders. They claim to have the, the internal data for net new orders in China. Um, and uh, they claim that that crashed over the last few months to now uh, just 9,800 in May, uh, which is about half of what they had in April and uh, way down from uh, over 21,000 in March, which was the, the high that they had after the the ramp up from the launch of the model y so we're not talking about deliveries here we're talking about net new orders so pure like sales um before deliveries and uh i mean i we're known that electric are having some some pretty good sources at tesla and everything and we, and we did get that information like maybe i want to say like a few years ago we got some good good numbers on new sales and everything but tesla has tighten up a lot in terms of like we'll get access to that information over the last few years and we we haven't been able to get access to it for a while as you as you can figure out for yourself from our reporting we do get some some decent information uh that we we can gauge uh from other data but net new orders tesla keeps that very tight to a close circle so that's why I, i was surprised to see that in the first place because um the information claimed to have one unnamed source that has that information in China, and I, knowing what I know, it would have to be like kind of a high up source uh, to to get that. So I, I was I was I'm not I'm not necessarily skeptical about it. Like they they could have that, but uh, it, it it is it, it is notable in, in itself. Uh, so of course the the reason why the, cra- the the stock crashed is because we know that China is a very important market for Tesla in, uh, in short term and long term. Uh, especially in the second half of this year, we we expect a lot of Tesla's growth is associated to to ramping up Model Y uh, deliveries in China, and so so the fact that orders are are, are somewhat crashing really uh, a fifty percent drop month to month, but. Um, well, yeah, I'm taking the report with a grain of salt for what I just said because of I know how high up the source needs to be for that information to be correct. And secondly, month to month, Tesla's Tesla's data is always kind of wild. So I, I think it's still significant that the the sales are. So I'm not I'm not like being an apologist of Tesla, like oh like everything is fine and like uh, what the monkey thing, like you don't see anything or whatnot. But um, yeah, 
it's not dramatic, I think. Like, it, Tesla had a tough month last month for sure in the media in China. We reported on some of the issues, like the crazy situation with the woman that uh, uh, had a crash with her father in a Model 3 and then went on to have like some weird demonstration at Tesla stores and then a demonstration at the Shanghai Motor Show at Tesla's booth and the police got involved and it was a very wild situation. But um, and, and then the whole military banning Tesla cars and then the highway stuff where where Tesla was were, were being stopped and then the police claimed, no, we weren't, we weren't just stopping Tesla. But then a bunch of Tesla owners reported that they were just stopping Tesla cars. Very, very strange situation there that uh, probably affected Tesla's public image, resulting in this, this this drop in orders. But the way I see it, like it's peak and valleys. Like the, 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 this is definitely a valley, and and then it, it can come back up pretty clearly with, with just with just some better marketing, some better uh, PR from Tesla. And you know what? That's what I reported in my, in my article. Tesla is picking up actually uh, a lot more PR people in China. Uh, of course, they, they dissolved their department here in the U.S. Uh, last year, late last year. But in um, in China, we, we we noted that they still have a PR team there. They have a marketing team, and uh, the the in the, over the last month, they actually ramped up hiring for that team based on job listing on Tesla's Chinese side. So that, that's something, I guess. So I have a couple of things, uh, points on this. So one, it does seem like, I mean, we've seen like uh, the the meet, you know, the the Tesla fans and the Tesla Q, uh, both like saying, you know, the media is biased one way or the other. It does seem like China's media has been super anti-Tesla recently, um, and you know, who knows how true that is over there. Um, but you know, we, we do get the global times, uh, articles mm-hmm. quite a bit, which is a Chinese state run media. Um, and it just seems like they're piling on, um, you know, om- almost every week they have like a, a new article about some Tesla that breaks didn't work or, uh, caught on fire or whatever. So it, like, you know, I hate to be paranoid, but it does seem like there's a, you know, a state run negative campaign against Tesla going on right now. Um, that said, um, the Global Times ran a, a story today or uh, early today, late yesterday for them, um, where they so the Global Times quoted, I'll just read it Tesla sales in May are expected to be near the level of April, says Kui uh, Dongshu, Secretary General of the China Passenger Car Association, told the Global Times on Friday. So that kind of refutes the. Uh, not not necessarily because I, I I think when when you talk about sales you talk about delivered vehicles so so mm-hmm. they, they expect to deliver a similar number of vehicles as they did last month. Uh, th- this is not a great function of demand. The the report was that that was was really special about the report is that they claim to have internal information from Tesla about net new orders which mm-hmm. they wouldn't the passenger car association wouldn't really have access to that. They would have access to production number and delivery numbers. So that that's a big difference here. Yeah, but he says sales, not well. Sales not, is is vehicles that, like Tesla doesn't account a sale until the vehicle is delivered, right? It, it wouldn't be the same at net new orders. Um, also, and since Tesla, the so you're saying it's a trailing month, like yeah, I mean you, you, the the best the best indicator of demand is the net new orders that you get every every month. Uh, uh-huh. Tesla even said that. I mean, I, mean, I think uh, was it last. Um, 
was it the last earning calls that Elon said that they are they are seeing their best month for new, new net orders. So uh, that, that's important. But with, with Tesla in China specifically, now that they are exporting cars from uh, Gigafactory Shanghai, it's uh, it, it's a completely different different situation. Like you, you cannot really follow those month to month deliveries in in China because uh, uh, if if there's a month that Tesla end up shipping more cars to Europe to Australia wherever they're going to ship them right it's, that's a good uh, point it's going to it's going to affect the the monthly deliveries there so 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 yeah i mean th- the best metric is definitely net new orders uh which the information claims to have and that's really the only the only place you, you can get it if if it's accurate but again we we don't know that uh but yeah to your point about uh the media reaction to tesla in in china right now it does seem like it but at the same time like we we, we get very limited exposure to, to chinese media here and like so right so, and we're only using the english for the most part not yeah the yeah local stuff because because apparently like tesla is extremely popular on social media there in china we know we know that's uh that's how most people get their news these days i mean here i, I assume it's similar in china i wouldn't be surprised um yeah but it i mean i i come back to um, Adam Jonas, the the um, analyst from Morgan Stanley that covers Tesla, he's had some some pretty strong opinions about that for a while now. That he's been saying that people should be careful about Tesla's prospect in China because because of how much control the the government has. And I, I've been kind of weirded out by that because t- technically China has been extremely welcoming to Tesla. Like right. Tesla was the first automaker to actually get a fully owned factory in the country from a fully owned car factory in in the country uh an electric car at that so th- this was a, a giant a giant step for tesla and, and and put them in a very good position compared to to other automakers in the in, in the country where we have to have joint venture with state-owned um manufacturer car manufacturer it's it's a big was a big big deal um so it would be kind of strange, I guess, that they'd be like walking back on that and now try to to make it like to make Tesla try to make Tesla fail in the country after doing that. But but I mean I don't I don't know. It's it is a strange situation. Uh, that I can uh, that much I can say. All right, uh, now in a little bit f- uh, more uh, fun part. Uh, Tesla Diner, the Tesla 50s, 50s Diner that we've been talking about for a while. Uh, Elon announced that, I think, back in 2018. Uh, yeah, in the uh, Santa Monica location, where they, it's been a long time that they've been trying to build that supercharger in Santa Monica, but it's uh, it's not that easy. The real estate there is extremely valuable, and uh, trying to build something, uh, especially on Santa Monica Boulevard, I think I think they're trying to, to do it. it. It's not easy, and they've been uh, jumping through the hoops trying to uh, get, get that done. And it's been lagging for a while. In more recent months, they've been doing a lot of progress to, uh, to, to do it. Um, they, they've been trying to acquire the building permits there. And uh, apparently, they, it was moving forward uh, as of March uh, for a supercharger station there. But the, there was no mention of a, of a restaurant anymore, which they, which they had back then, back in 2018, when they first applied for a permit to build a supercharger. They, they were also uh, applying for a permit for, for a, a restaurant. Elon has been talking about like a fifties diners where the waiters are on roller skates and they bring you the food on your car while you while you wait you wait to charge in the car and then you also like see movies and like a, a screen on a projector on the screen. 
and they play some classic movies there. So that that was his, his vision f- for it. Kind of kind of crazy, uh, like old school fifties diner. But now, uh, right after the new permit application for just a supercharger with no mention of a restaurant, Elon came back and like we're still planning to do a restaurant on it uh, th- this year. And then uh, that now it's not just Elon's word anymore about it. Uh, Tesla actually applied a trademark to use their brand, the Tesla brand, the Tesla logo, um, on uh, for the restoration, the restaurant services industry. So the trademark registration is intended to cover the categories of restaurant services, pop-up restaurant service, self-service restaurant services, takeout restaurant services. So basically any type of restaurant that, <laughs> that exists. Um, they they they're gonna have the the name Tesla for it. So so if if that project goes through, which sounds like they're working for it to make it happen, it's gonna be a Tesla branded restaurant. So it's not gonna be necessarily like a partnership with another brand. It might still be a partnership with with a restaurant manager. Um, like the, I know a lot of uh, company that manage restaurants, but they don't necessarily have a specific brand. Like they they will own like. Uh, McDonald's, but they also own like a Wendy's, whatever. Like they just they they're just good at managing restaurants, so they will franchise other other people's brand. But um, and actually, it would kind of make sense since Tesla has no experience in in. in uh, I keep want to say restoration because because that that's the word of the restaurant industry in French. Is there is just the restaurant industry? I guess there's no word for it. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it keeps... Hey, I was just thinking, uh, and I think you might have mentioned this earlier, but. Uh, I know somebody Elon knows that yeah. has some restaurant experience. Yeah. That's uh, his brother Kimball, who's also a board member. At Tesla. Yeah, that, 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 that's a good point. I mean, uh, he does have a chain of uh, restaurant called uh, the Kitchen, I think, or just Kitchen, the Kitchen, or just Kitchen. Yeah, and uh, he's a successful restaurateur. <laughs> uh, that's the yeah, word. That's, that's the word. Well, yeah, you steal that in, from French, but you don't <laughs> steal restoration for the for, for the restaurant industry. All right. Well, the, to quote George Bush, there's no word for entrepreneur in French, unfortunately. So in French, did he say that? <laughs> it is a French word, you dumb dumb. Yeah, um, uh, but that's that's a very George Bush thing to say. Okay, uh, what, what was I going with? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Kimball Kimball Musk is uh, he went to uh, culinary school in New York, and he's a legit like chef, like a trained chef. And he opened a bunch of restaurants, I think, starting in Colorado. But now they, they uh, think he's also like in Tennessee and a bunch of other places. Uh, so very successful. Yeah, they could do they could do like a solar city with that. Just like buy up the restaurants, then boom, Tesla restaurants, Tesla food. Yeah, yeah, it could be it could be yeah. an interesting mix. I mean, like a lot of people say it's a distraction, everything. But like, if you want to. Stop looking at all Elon Musk, all his crazy antics and everything. Because of course, when when he first announced that, everyone was like, "Is this another of Elon's jokes? Like, what what is it? Like, uh, and everything." But at the end of the day, it it does make sense to have the, the to own also the animities around the charging because you have a captive audience for for a certain period of time when you're, when you're charging. Hopefully, uh, not that long because <laughs> you want to accelerate the charging right. time and, and shorten the charging session time. But still. Uh, it, it's it's part of the EV ownership experience. So you want to make it better. And right now, the best experience we have really is not everywhere, first of all, but most places that try to build uh, to, to build their, their supercharger stations around um, like truck stops or, or, or just places that have a few restaurants. Uh, you have a few options and everything. But I mean... 
the ones that I've been to most of the time, it's not that great. Like you, so, so, so to have something that caters, like that you have some control over, um, would would make the experience better, in my opinion. For sure. I mean, we when we're going like to you know south or whatever, there's like Tesla superchargers at, at almost every exit. Uh, you know, going through New Jersey um, and Pennsylvania, uh, we will actually you know go on Google Maps find out what's at each supercharger station and say, uh, you know, we don't like that restaurant or whatever. And we go to the next one or the next one. And we have, I mean, because there's so many superchargers out there. We have now, options. It's, it's, yeah. We have options. Yeah. I mean, th- th- that's true. It's not true everywhere though. That's the problem. A lot of places like you, you end up and you have like a McDonald's or a Burger King. Like it's, th- those are your option. And right. I mean, nowadays it's less true, but, or but back in the day when, uh, when you had like, uh, when all the Teslas cost a hundred thousand dollars, yeah, a lot, a lot of people that are used to, uh, they didn't even know that McDonald's was a thing. <laughs> they like, well, like a, a $2 burger. What are you talking about? Like, that's a, I've never hated a burger that's less than 25 bucks. Right. With Wagyu, with Wagyu meat and, and everything. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to see how, how that plays out, and uh, then if it's successful, then you you do what Tesla has, has been very good at doing is like replicate the winning formula to other places. Yeah. All right, we have a few more articles to discuss, but again, not that many because it's been a slow week. But so, if you guys have any questions or subjects in the EV world, in the green technology world, that you guys want to discuss. Uh, put them in the comment section below right now if you are watching on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. And uh, we're going to get to it in the second half of the show. But uh, before we discuss the last three pieces of news, uh, a quick word from Volkswagen and the ID4 electric SUV. All right. The all-new, all-electric Volkswagen ID4 SUV with zero direct emissions was created for everyone. You'll get tech features that make you wonder how you ever survived without them, like a powerful voice control system with an optional panoramic glass roof. All you have to do is say, hello, ID, open sunshade to enjoy the sunshine hands-free. Before it can change the world, it has to change yours. Learn more at vw.com slash ID4. Yes. All right. The next little piece of news is the Tesla Model S Play Plaid. I don't like that word. Um, but it is the new top performance Tesla vehicle that we're going to learn about more next week if the if the delivery event is not delayed again on June 10th. But uh, it looks extremely likely now that Tesla is going to announce a new world record quarter mile performance for the Tesla Model S. And that information comes to us uh, thanks to Jay Leno, none other than the famous comedian and tonight show O's turned basically car reviewer now like uh it's uh, yeah his his garage show is kind of a big deal yeah and uh, i would argue that uh he's better at that than you was at the tonight show and everything like i mean I well, at least i won't it, I, i've never won't been a fan that. of those like i've never been a big fan like obviously he was extremely successful at it and everything right. but i mean you can see that he's way more passionate about that than than the show like uh, but at the same time that that wouldn't probably exist without the show because that right. show paid for his insane collection of cars like you guys need to google jaleno's garage like i mean no jaleno's garage is literally the name of his show so you're gonna get his shows which is good you can watch that too but 
like if you can find a video of uh just a tour of his of his actual garage which garage is not a good name for it it's it's like a collection of warehouses filled with cars <laughs> it's insane in la which is like a not a cheap place to have a collection of cars yeah that's a good point um, but yeah, Jeleno, uh, he went on the Spikes Car Radio podcast and he, he said that last month he went to the Famoso Raceway in Bakersfield and uh, it's a drag strip. And he, he went there and he saw that uh, Tesla brought a Tesla Model S uh, Plaid prototype. Sorry. The Plaid or the Plaid Plus? Well, he said Plaid. He didn't say Plaid Plus, and I would assume it is a Plaid just based on the time that it got, uh, because apparently Tesla is thinking about something even crazier for the Plus, and and also the Plaid. It would be weird for Tesla to 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 do things with the Plaid Plus right now, just because of uh, it, it's still like a year away at this point, right? And they're just about to start the deliveries on the Plaid, so like you you don't deliver a hundred and twenty thousand car to someone, and then hey, by the way, we have. Uh, the faster one, the year. faster one that's coming next year. That uh, like you're like all right, like let's keep a, a lid on that until until then. Though though I'm sure they would still sell plenty of them. Just people that want to have that for a year and then upgrade to the other one next year. I'm sure there's gonna be plenty of Tesla Model S Plaid for for a lot cheaper <laughs> around this time next year for sale. Uh, that's that's just my my guess. But anyway, he went to the uh, to, to the, the drag strip and he witnessed. Uh, a Tesla Model S Plaid do a quarter mile run in 9.247 seconds at 152 miles per hour. And he said that there was a, a National Hot Rod Association official there to make the time official. I didn't even know they were National Hot Rod Association in the U.S. and official ones, but apparently there is. And they keep up the, those those uh, quarter mile times. And I mean, it's... It's extremely hard to overstate just how crazy it is that this car is doing a quarter mile in in, in nine point two because if if you look, um, I mean, there's there's been like some some hot rod like just put together car that that, that can do that pretty easy. That's that's nothing new on that. But if you look at production cars, like cars that are actually in production that you you, you can buy new from manufacturers, uh, it's 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 nothing close to that. Like. Uh, uh, the best time right now is the Bugatti Chiron Sport at 9.4 seconds, 158 miles per hour. Uh, but that that's a million-dollar supercar, limited production of 500 per year, uh, or 500 total, I should say. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's even per year. <laughs> uh, and, and again, it's a million-plus-dollar car with two doors. Now you're talking... And, and then... The second one, you have to go back to the the, the Porsche nine nine one eight Spider at nine point seven seconds, so significant difference, and that's also a million dollar low production car, or maybe not a million dollar, but I, I, I think it's a million dollar. Yeah, certainly over half a million. That's for sure. Probably closer than to to a million at this point, and um, and yet and. Yet you have the Mole S, which is a four-door full-size sedan that sits five people. Apparently, going to sit up to seven, though that the whole situation around that is not exactly clear yet. And uh, that thing can do it in nine point two. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it is crazy. It is absolutely insane. Um, now. I don't know how much of an impact that's going to have on the MLS program, the fact that it's it's breaking those new records right now. 
Uh, of course, it hasn't made the news that much. Like it, it, it made like the the, the electric vehicle sites this week and everything, including ours. Uh, I don't think it hit the mainstream yet so much. Probably going to happen more next week after the uh, the actual event and Tesla makes it official. But uh, I mean, you remember back in the day when when Tesla like did the insane mode and did a lot of Chris, a lot of Chris Plus, and all, all that yep. stuff. That that was a big deal back then because like it's it's electric vehicles were still kind of new. Um, it, it was kind of pushing the limits now and and making it at least on on that metric on the like straight um, quarter mile or zero to sixty acceleration. It, it was beating everything and keep pushing the limits further and that that generated a lot of attention for Tesla. A lot of criticism too that people are like, yeah, who cares about zero to sixty? Can it? What, what kind can it do on the Nurburgring and all that stuff? Uh, which I'm sure we're going to see too soon. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. I think I think we're going to see some of those things as well. We saw um, Laguna Seca, right? There was a car. There was. Yeah. A, that's where that picture is from, I think. Yep. Um, also, you should mention um, the uh, the Remac. Uh, you know, obviously that's mm-hmm. not a, a five to seven seat sedan, but um, that the Concept Two did, or it's now called the Nevera. Um, did a what eight point six uh, zero to sixty? Mm-hmm. So that is, and it just blew the doors off of a Ferrari. Obviously, that's a two plus million. Dollar <laughs> yeah, car. that's not even a million dollar car. It's a two million dollar. Two I know million it's euros. I think it's absurd. Yeah. So uh, you know, Tesla's not going to have the fastest car on earth, but it's good to see it's electric. Um, yeah. My takeaway from all this is like it's over. Like the hypercar thing. Mm-hmm. If it if it's gas, it's not a, really a hypercar. Well, that, that's the thing. The supercar. Well, I, no, I think are they putting the hybrids in the hypercar category? I mean, there's like you know that Ferrari it raced against had two electric you know front wheels. I did some research on it. It's a uh, hybrid, plug-in hybrid actually, and it's got a hundred. I don't know, two hundred horsepower going to the front two wheels um, electrically, and then the back is like this huge hulking you know ten liter or whatever. Um, so I think like if the gas cars want to keep up for the, like the next couple of years, they're going to have to have some sort of hybrid electric. I mean, I think the, the I want to say the Porsche had maybe not, but the you know the point is like if you want to be a hypercar anymore, you have to be electric. That's yeah, all, all electric even. I would, I would yeah, focus. Um, yeah, I think I think I think it's a fair point, but. I think what people are, are, are discovering too, and uh, created the Model S for that because it's also just a utilitarian car. Like it's it's useful. Like it's it's not like a, I'm not saying that the Remac is not exactly useful, but you, you know, you're not going to go do your grocery for the most part with that. You're not going to go on a road trip with that, or at least you're just going to do it with one other person. And even then, you're going to have a tougher time for your luggage. But anyway, it's it, it's more about the the fact that. The, the these insane performance that we're seeing out of those electric cars and especially the Model S, it's a consequence of uh, it, it's it's not they're not necessarily trying to achieve that with the Plaid maybe like they're they're trying to achieve it, but it, it's more it's just a result of trying to make a great electric car with a long range that's efficient. The the result of that it's going to be a side effect. You're going to have a car that accelerates extremely fast or can accelerate extremely fast if you wanted to. And and go extremely fast too, uh, so so I, I so it's just showing you just how much better of a car you can make if you work from an electric platform from the ground up. 
Uh, I, I think that that's, but it's big now. My, my, my main concern is, is it becoming so much of a new normal now that people are just not going to care that much? And like, uh, I don't know. I, I think they will. Like, I yeah. think when this goes public, you know, hits the main Mainstream. thing, it'll be a big deal. And I think the, you know, as you mentioned, like the bigger thing is that there's no contest anymore. Like mm. the electric cars are running away with the, the high end speed. I mean, that Bugatti Chiron, that, you know, it was close. That is a crazy, crazy car. Like it's completely over engineered too. It's right. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful machine, but uh, yeah, you're right. It's kind. Of, it, it, it kind of tell you that how much the internal combustion engine is is dead when right when even like if you're set out to build a million dollar car, super over engineered with the best performance you can imagine, crazy engine, you still cannot beat a four door sedan that yeah. uh, that fits seven people in it. Yeah, and it's got a frunk, and it's got you know like yeah. like normal stuff. Like people are driving these all around the town. You know, it's not like this crazy. I mean, the Chiron like tires alone were like some crazy like twenty five thousand dollars each or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, what kind of level of wealth do you have to achieve to be? Willing to drive around on $25,000 tires and wheels. That's, uh, well, apparently, like, if you want to go 300 miles per hour, there's, like, one kind of tire that can spin yeah. that fast without blowing up. <laughs> That's fair. All right. Moving on from Tesla News this week, uh, BMW unveiled the pricing on a few cars, uh, starting with the i4, U.S. pricing, I should say. The i4, the 2022 model. So there's two versions of it. Sorry, I didn't articles, so I'm going to have to just read it through a little bit uh, to, to get the correct information. But there's the uh, – so the it's coming in the first quarter of 2022. So it's going to be um, model year 2022 coming in in actual 2022. Sometimes it comes a little bit before. But, yeah, you have the first version. Uh, do we have an actual name for that version? Yeah, the i4 eDrive 40. So that's the version with um, an 83.9 kilowatt hour battery pack. And it starts at fifty-five thousand four hundred plus a thousand-dollar destination fee. Uh, before any tax incentive, of course, uh, the, the BMW is still eligible for the seven-seventy-five uh, hundred federal tax credit. And then you have the performance version, which is called the i4 M50. So you have a little bit shorter, or same battery pack, a little bit shorter range, but you have a dual motor all-wheel drive, 536 horsepower powertrain on it. And uh, this one starts at $66,000, basically. So a little bit more expensive. Um, yeah, I mean, those are uh, kind of a Model 3 competitor, I would assume, right? It's... Uh, I think I think BMW is trying to market them as a little bit more high end to the because uh, we know mm-hmm. that Tesla has been stealing sales from the three series and the four series with this being the i four and a little bit bigger. I, mean, I assume it's more like a, a four series competitor, but yeah, and the pricing is also closer to that uh, as as we as we now learned this week. It's uh, it's not exactly cheap. Nope. But uh, you know, I, I'm still looking forward to get into it and, and see like because uh, this this is going to be really the, the BMW's best effort in in, in more mass market uh, EVs, other than of course the BMW i3. But the i3 was always just this. 
it, it, it was stuck in this weird mobile era that, uh, as Elon Elon put it, the weird yeah. mobile. I think I think he's the one who coined that word, right? The weird mobile. Um, so I, it was never gonna just break through anything with that with that design, unfortunately. Uh, this is their new fifth gen. Uh, technology too so the the i3 didn't have that the mini cooper didn't have that this is this is the new fifth gen that was first introduced with the uh ix3 which unfortunately we, we didn't get here but uh now the i4 is the first one and at the same time you have the inex but the inex has been uh kind of a, a different scenario here like if you remember back in when it was first uh announced uh now it's the ix i should say but back then it was the inex and uh, BMW was marketing it as the Model 3 competitor. So we're extremely excited about that because especially that we know that the Model 3 was going to be a big hit for the 3 Series. So we thought they were going to finally, BMW going to release a 3 Series type vehicle to compete with the Model 3 and all electric. Uh, but then it didn't play out like that at all. Like the INX ended up being this this crossover when it was unveiled later and uh, then the it became the ix last year they unveiled the production version which uh, i mean I, I know people hate on the kidney um kidney grill and everything but i i love the car the car was great but then later on what, what happened and it's more of a crossover suv actually they they, they call it they're coming up with a new thing now it's not even a crossover now it's a sport activity vehicle a sav is that a new thing we need to learn uh. now no, <laughs> no, I'm not, not okay. going to learn it. So, but it really, it's like a small SUV crossover type vehicle. And the, here's the thing with electric vehicles too: people people have a tough time calling thing an SUV. Like especially when it comes to the Model Y and the Mackey and and everything. They're like, yeah, it's not really an SUV. At the end of the day, like all those cars come with dual motor, so you you do have an all wheel drive with four by four. So you, you have that in it, and also, with an, being an electric vehicle, it's easier to have a bigger cargo space for uh, with a smaller form factor. So you do have a, a decent, yep. decent like Model Y and and Mackie compete with with uh, full size SUV in terms of cargo. Like, at least some full size SUV or, or mid size SUV, like depending on how you classify those. So I'm not I'm I'm not one of those that like ah you cannot call that thing an SUV. I'm like ah it's a sport utility vehicle. Like it's it it fits it fits the category. Now when when you bring another one a sport activity vehicle now I'm like all right no, I agree that you guys are pushing it a little bit. But anyway so BMW indicated that that thing's gonna be closer to eighty thousand dollars. So that's what the that was a shocker here. I'm like what 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 you doing with that? Uh, that's uh, that's certainly not the Model Three competitor anymore. Not even a Model Y competitor. It's like uh. Third, yeah, not a less competitor. Well, yeah, price wise, price certainly. Wise. Now they confirm the pricing this week. It starts at eighty three thousand two hundred dollar plus the thousand dollar distribution fee. So that's for the iX X Drive fifty version. Uh, the i four they already announced the M version, the performance version. They, the the BMW they haven't announced that. Well, they, they announced that there's gonna be one. It's gonna be the. Uh, uh, IX M60, but the and it's gonna have over 600 horsepower. But uh, the the this is gonna just say they're gonna be coming later. They didn't say uh, what's gonna be the price or anything like that, or even even an actual timing for it. But the IX X Drive 50 is coming in uh, Q1 2021, also just like the uh, i4, and it's starting at eighty three thousand dollars. It is an extremely like luxurious SUV though. Like uh, it, it's good looking and I'm I know that a lot of people have issues with the Kine 
grill. But other than that, I think the uh, they hit the mark. It looks uh... so. Can we talk about the grill a little bit? Because like, why would they come out with the grill? You know, the super huge grill, knowing that pretty soon, like all their vehicles are going to be electric. It just seems like a weird design choice for BMW recently, and also that steering wheel. It's a very weird shape. It, no, is that upside I think down? it's just the, the octagon wheel? style. Uh, no, octagon, the pentagon, or hmm. what do you call that? Is it how many sides? One, two, three, four, five, six, six. Hexagon? Was it? What's six? <laughs> six again. No, I like the interior personally. I'm a I'm a, I'm a fan uh, of BMW's interior. I'm just not a fan of that thing right there, right there. Dial that they always go with. Like I'm just I, I don't know where they, where they come come up with that. Like I'm I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. So because of that, I I can I rely more on on the actual user experience, uh, the, the user interface of the uh, manufacturers. And um, when it's bad, it's bad. <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah, and BMW. I mean, the last BMW that I did try was the um, i3, and I just couldn't handle it. The user interface. Uh, hopefully, they, they improve that with, with that, or I'm just gonna have to to deal with it and go with the, go with the Apple CarPlay, but which is not that bad. I just I don't know. I think anything takes a while to get used to. Like. Uh... I didn't like CarPlay at the beginning. Actually, I liked Android Auto more than CarPlay at the beginning, and now I'm hmm. starting to like CarPlay. Yeah, well, you're one of those guys that always has a an Apple phone and a, an Android phone with you and a testing boat. Uh, yeah, to your point, it, it's a choice that uh, legacy manufacturers have to do now in terms of uh, what they're going to do with the front end of their cars. Uh, it, it's very an interesting design study. Like, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure there's some people in car design school that. Uh, or uh, are looking at the, at the trends on that front right now and see what, what people are doing in, in, in terms of um, transitioning their front-end designs because a, a lot of uh, automakers, that's uh, part of their design language, uh, either especially the headlights, then the, the way that they frame their logo, uh, which most, most often uh, revolves around uh, a, a grill. And now, because of uh, of the lack of uh, the need for large air intake, uh, you don't really need to have a, a, a grill that's uh, the, the front piece of your of of your vehicle's front end design. It, it it is decision decision time for those people. Are we going to go with the fake grill, which some are going with? Or are we going to go with a completely new design on the front end, the more f- flatter design? That's uh, um, we're talking more of uh, cars like. Uh, VW, they moved. Uh, they, they they made the switch, and then all their cars now are moving to a, a grill-less uh, design. Uh, yeah, it kind of feels like the first generation they do a fake grill. Even Tesla had the uh, you know the plastic thing, and then once that you know once they get used to, and they're like, why are we doing a grill? I mean, the Chevy Bolt, same thing. Uh, this year's model doesn't have a, a front fake grill. Every year up until now has had that. Um, I think your Hyundai, I guess the, I'm trying to think of the Ionic five. It's, that's kind of a weird situation. It's like all pixelated and stuff, but, um, the EV six, the Kia EV six also doesn't really have a grill. So it seems like your first generation, you throw a grill on there and then after that you, you pull it off. So I guess this is 
considered to be BMW's first uh, real EVs. Yeah. Sorry, ID three. Yeah. I mean, or or it's just that they because there are other cars like the Kinley Grill is they they are very proud of that. Like it's 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 very part of the the design language for for BMW. So they felt like they they felt we're gonna keep that for our EVs. It's it's part of our design identity, and and they're going for it. That's that's what it right. feels like to me. And again, but I'm on the side that I don't mind it that much. I know people are like, this is not even the kidneys. This is like uh, what do you call it? Like you call the rabbit teeth, I think, at one point. And yeah. Yeah, it's the rabbit tooth design. Beaver, yeah. well, no, beaver rabbit, for works too, guys. Yeah, but uh, all right. So uh, we we look forward. Uh, hopefully, we're going to be able to to test some of those uh, during the summer, late summer. Uh, we even going to Germany in September, so maybe we can test them out there. I'm sure they're going to be available there before they're available in the U.S. in the early next year. Oh yeah, we should start telling people now. Uh, Fred, myself, and Micah are going to, uh, well, myself and Mike are going to Eurobike, which is early September, like first couple of days of September. But we're go- Electric, generally speaking, is going to have a big presence at the IAA, or EAA in German, uh, auto show, which is the old Frankfurt auto show that's been m- moved to Munich and, and kind of reinventing itself as a mobility show. But uh, we're, we're going to have a, a location there uh, on the floor of the, uh, the bike you know, electric bike and mobility area. So that should be fun. If you're in Germany around that time, come visit. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm going to try to be at the road bike show too. I'm just, I'm a big fan of e-bikes too. And actually I'm going to be a friend. Uh, I'm going to have yeah, a friend that's cool. going to launch an e-bike there too, I think. Or maybe not launch there, but going to present, oh, nice. present them there. So uh, I'm going to try to be there for that. Cool. I'm getting, I'm getting <laughs> some news from the show. All right, uh, is that it, or we? Have oh, we can we can jump into the uh, the comments now. We're, I think we're there. All right, cool. Uh, so Daniel Zazik Zajik says he's glad he can do live. Uh, get ready for a million questions. All right, here we go. Uh, I've never seen anyone change lumber in the passenger seat. Okay, that's kind of a joke, I guess. Uh, will owners of a Tesla Semi need to purchase a Tesla DC superchargers as well? As well, <laughs> AC would take forever. That's a good yeah, point. Yeah, it's definitely uh, part of uh, of the, the the process. They they're gonna they're gonna try to have people not a, not supercharger actually. They're gonna try to have people install those mega chargers at their locations. And uh, Tesla is focusing at first with co- consumers that uh, um, clients that that have specific plans for the Tesla Semi, like they're going to use it like between two specific warehouses or, or something like that, uh, distribution centers, uh, and uh, they at those distribution centers, they're going to install a charger there and going to facilitate uh, facilitate the whole experience for, for early customers. But long term, the goal is to also have those chargers at truck stop so that uh, they can enable long distance travel and not just like specific routes. That's the plan. All right, David Morse says. Oh wait, do we have a sense of how many, how much EV, how much EVs are subject to the price increase of these materials compared to ICE cars? My instinct is the majority of both are composed of steel, aluminum, plastic, et cetera. Uh, he's talking about the price of chips. Uh, well, I think I think he's, he's talking more general in terms of the price increases because uh, I mean Elon did mention that it's not ju- it's, it's raw materials too. It's not it's not just the chips that are affecting the, the prices, and that's right. so that's a fair question. Uh, 
so yeah, if we go to chip shortages, that's affecting both EVs and, and, and ICE cars. And we, we've seen like big plants uh, shut down because of that. And we just reported earlier today on this this news that came out that, uh, um, I mean, uh, Bloomberg was very nice to, to, to Ford and we're like, hey, uh, Ford Mackey is already outpacing the, the, the sale of the regular Mustangs, which, which is fair. It's uh, not the sales, actually the production. But uh, when, when you look into it a little bit more, a lot of that is actually because Mustang production has crashed because of supply of, of chips that resulted in the shutdown of the of the plant where the Mustang is being built. And uh, Ford has specifically kept more chips for the Mustang Mach-E than the regular Mustangs because it's a newer vehicle that's launching and they want the launch to be successful, uh, which is fair on their part. But uh, yeah, that, that explains the, this whole thing. In terms of uh, cost of, of things like uh, steel, that steel has, has gone up in price a lot in the last few months and last year. Uh, that's affecting all the cars that are made of steel. That's uh, that, there's no no doubt about it. Uh, in terms of, of of pricing, though, uh, that that's the thing with Tesla. Like they control the price on on, on both sides. Uh, while other automakers they sell to franchise dealership and the actual sell price you have the MSRP the manufacturer suggested retail price and you have the price that's determined between the dealer and the, the end consumer so because of that like a lot of it is is dependent on the demand too so so the it, the manufacturer is going to have this gross margin and the dealer also has this gross margin so because of those two different situations you you have two people that can make the decision of passing along the higher cost to uh, the the customer so it's it's a different situation really it's harder to track those prices because of that too but uh, to answer the question price of all cars have been going up in the u.s uh, last year was a record high for average new car sale price. I think I think forty thousand dollars or something like that for even maybe a little bit higher. It was thirty three thousand dollars just a few years ago. All right, moving on. Uh, Greg says Chevy is offering twelve thousand dollars incentives for the Bolt EV. I assume that's uh, the old one. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's the twenty twenty and twenty twenty one. But now the 22 is coming out right now. So that's kind mm-hmm. of, they're trying to clear inventory for that. Although um, there's also a uh, Costco $3,000 thing that just started up again. I think we're going to, I think we're waiting for a, uh, an update from uh, Neil for the, the best uh, EV deals. Yeah, uh, if, if you go on the right track and uh, uh, you go, is it an auto? Yeah, auto. And then the first link. thing on top here, electric vehicle price guide. You click on that, and then you uh, you have uh, my internet is a little bit slow for some reason right now, but you have a giant list here. Uh, you can search by manufacturer and everything, and we we're gonna bring you the best price in the U.S. based on uh, local dealers and everything. It's a very useful tool if you're not aware of it. We have Neil that works on that uh, tirelessly, trying to uh, keep the price up up to date. Yeah. Yeah, and, and what's nice about that is not only, you know, some of those uh, great deals aren't going to be near you, but you can take this to your near dealership and say, hey, look, this guy 100 miles away is offering, the, you know, this bolt for this price. Why don't you match it? And, you know, theoretically, uh, they will, or at least it's a good way to talk them down and a little I, bit more. I feel like Elon Musk, we have uh, right. some scammer that uh, is uh, using a fake electric on Facebook trying to... Uh Scam people out of bitcoins if you can remove that comment set. The last one that just came out. Oh no! Come here. 
Wow. That means we're getting big us. now if we have uh, scammers that do that. This is yeah. sec- the second week in a row we've had some uh, weird stuff. All right. Shana Sullivan says China would also hurt cattle sales worldwide. Uh, he's talking about if China's uh, punishing Tesla in the media. Also, if they're saying there's a lot of Tesla issues, fires, et cetera. Uh, Shane, on that front, I'm not going to agree because, look, CATL probably can sell every battery cell they can make with or without Tesla at this point. Like this, like if if there's some companies I'm not worried about right now is battery cell manufacturers. So I don't, I don't think I don't think China is is thinking it uh, that way. Like, oh, if we uh, if we screw with uh, with Tesla, we screw with their battery cell manufacturer, one of which is a Chinese base. Uh, I, and again, I'm not even saying that that's the case. I think that the government is. Um, screwing with Tesla, but uh, if if they were, I don't I don't think they would worry much about that. But that's just my own opinion. All right, Spike Z forty three asks for your lumber support recommendations. I mean, that's, that's a personal preference. Is you you just have you have to get into yeah. your preferred driving position, and because it doesn't move your seat, the lumber like it, well, it moves it moves the air pressure on the on the back. Uh, of, of of your of your back, but um, uh, then when as when you get that position, just find the one that keeps you the straighter possible, and it doesn't have much of an impact for shorter drive, but for longer drive, you, you're gonna feel it. Uh, well, actually, you're not gonna feel the drive, <laughs> which is the the goal here, because you know when you've been in the car for a few hours, you get up and you have a tough time with the shoulders and with your back, and that, that helps. All right, uh, Zapod Beeblebox, probably not his real name, says, cool, order food from a car touchscreen. Yeah. So that's talking about the restaurants. That would be cool to be order, mm-hmm. to be able to order from the touchscreen. Um, there's a lot of uh, stuff there. Greg says he'd like a Tesla Bitcoin burger. Uh, I don't know. Elon doesn't really like the Bitcoin anymore, according to Twitter. Uh, Miles Davis says, can you see new charging architecture being adopted by the t- by Tesla? 250 kilowatts is no longer the fastest. And Tesla aren't the type of company to stop innovating. Do you think it would be, already be announced? We kind of touched on that last week, I think, uh, when, we, when we discussed that. But, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's our... That's our speculation that uh, well, either it's going to be announced for the new Model S with the Palladium architecture, or if not, it's it's going to be at least announced for the new uh, structural battery pack with the forty six eighty. I think uh, I think that's fair. It's, it's one or the other. Definitely the forty six eighty. Yeah. If not the Palladium already. Right. All right, Daniel Zajic says, my friend really wants a Mini Cooper convertible. Is there an EV even close to that? Smart ED Cabriolet is the only one I can and, think of. Uh, I mean, a Mini Cooper EV is kind of close to yeah, that. Yeah, there's not a lot of options are convertible right now. Like, I've been saying it for a while. Like, I mean, it's not exactly Mini Cooper, but some kind of Mazda Miata that's all electric, not too expensive, not a crazy range either. Uh, you just you just keep it closer to like the forty thousand dollar range, and uh, you try to get it or a range of uh, closer to two hundred miles. Uh, I think I think it's completely doable. And again, just a two yeah. uh, two seater uh, two. If you can squeeze a four, which is completely doable too with an energy vehicle because of the skateboard platform, uh, you do it for sure. 
and I think that would sell like crazy. I know that Electrica Mechanica has been working on something like that for a while, but uh, they had a tough time bringing the Solo. Uh, their, I don't know if you call it a car, but the three-wheeler that they have uh, to market, so they've, they've been focusing on that. Right. But uh, if they can get over that, uh, not over that, like I said, like put it aside, but if they, they can get rolling on that and then move on to... don't remember what, what, what that was called, but uh, it, it was a... A cool concept, and I don't know anyone else that's working on it. Yeah, I mean, there's some you have to kind of stretch your mind a little bit, but like uh, Micah uh, did a review, of the, <laughs> not uh, one of his Alibaba stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, no, well, yeah, there's those, um, but the uh, FEV, oh, what is that Archimodo. called again? The uh, uh. yeah, Ar- Archimoto's got a uh, roadster version of their three wheeler, which is. Um, it has two seats and it has a convertible version. So there are some options. You just have to kind of think outside the box there. Um, and then is there saying Sullivan, is there any more rumors of VW increasing the charge speed up to 170 kilowatts via software update? Uh, I have not heard that particular rumor. Um, and even if they did, it would probably only be for a few minutes. Um, it's it's more about the charging curve than that, but we do know that Volkswagen is expected to announce a plug and charge update for their ID four, uh, which allows them to, you know, pull into um, Electrify America stations and any station that supports plug and charge, and uh, you just plug in and and charge, and you don't have to pull out your credit card or smartphone app or credit, you know, whatever. So. Um, there's definitely some updates coming to VW. They've announced some, but they haven't announced the 170. Also, interestingly, this week, I found out that the uh, the Chevy Bolt that goes to Europe, the uh, Ampera E, is plug-in charge compatible, but they, they didn't put that on the Chevy Bolt in the U.S. It's crazy. Are they still doing that, the Ampera E? No, okay, yeah, that's what I thought. No, I think they're done. Because, I mean... Ampera is not even GM anymore, or or uh, yeah, what is, yeah, Opel yeah. is not even GM anymore. It's PSC now. All right, uh, Tommy Co or KBH says, "Have you seen the Lotus Evija? Yes, we have. It's a beautiful car. Two thousand horsepower electric, zero to three hundred kilometers per hour in nine yeah. seconds. That is slightly, I think, faster than the um, Remac uh, Navara." Yeah. So, uh, but it's also it's also a million dollar we'll car, have to see how that, and it's not it's not in production yet, right? It's a, it's gonna come. It's, it's, I think it's coming soon. Though. I yeah, think it's coming maybe by the end of the year. Yeah, and I don't even know if they have. No, they do uh, have a prototype. prototype. Like, I think they did show it. With, uh, was it like yes. driving? Goodwood or something? Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. That's probably what it, where they would do something like that. Uh, quarter mile on that is probably about eight and a half seconds. Seth, have you seen Robert Scoble's predictions for WWDC with Apple setting the foundation for a move to a 3D world? What's what's <laughs> it currently? 2D? Anyway, wonder will Apple Car finally be part of that? Yes, that old subject again. Uh, I think probably not. I don't think they're ready to announce anything. We haven't heard anything um, on 9to5Mac either. So uh, I don't know if, I think, you know, not to get too far off subject, but I think uh, this year is going to be about augmented reality. 
So yes, the 3D world thing is is uh, relative, but I don't know if the car is going to be part of that. Yeah, Might normally be. Apple they, they 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 try to only announce things when when production is pretty close, right? So I, I think that it's going to be yeah. more difficult to do with a car without things leaking because, especially if they are not involved in, in making it themselves uh, or or not not totally right. involved. I mean, not completely in charge of it. Uh, and so and and right now what we're hearing i think it's like 2024 like some of the rumors that came out like they that's when they would be looking to deliver that car right they were working with Hyundai or whatever rumored too right all right uh daniel's back i don't i doubt the i3 was ever meant to be a mass market product yeah yeah it was a gateway for bmw going to electric sustainable they followed that's yeah. wasting seven years, unfortunately. Yeah. To yes. be fair, the i i three was kind of a good experiment for for BMW for a while, and it did br- brought some interesting new development in uh, our carbon fiber manufacturing too. For like, uh, if you if I, I watch some of the manufacturing process they have for that that carbon fiber for that car, it's it's impressive stuff. It's very uh, beautiful engineering. Yeah, if they had iterated on it in the decades since it was release they probably would have had a successful vehicle all right uh heinrich says the ix is similar yeah in size i'm gonna, to the I'm gonna look at the price of well, the x5 sense. though because that's what i was thinking like how it compares with because i don't think it's that it's not a cheap car in the x5 but it's uh, also not uh that expensive i think it's more like um oh no it starts at 85 Ooh, okay i was uh for some reason i don't know that's no that's the ix I, well, did I put a five on? Yeah, I put a five. Wait, everyone is talking about the iX and not the. Yeah. Oh, because I I put the. Okay, the X five. Started at fifty sixty thousand dollars, so yeah, it's significantly cheaper. Yeah, twenty thousand. All right, uh, probably an unpopular opinion, but finding it so hard to like the Ionic Five design, we'll get one purely for the technology. Oh, or, or that must be nice. Or get the uh, volt Kia battery. EV6. It's the same car with a different design, unless you you like that one even yeah. less than in terms of design. Uh, Eight hundred volt battery, but it's unique. Uh, I think I really like the Ionic Five design, and part of it it's because it's so unique like it's uh there's nothing really out there like it they did a lot of unique things and especially for hyundai who kind of has a reputation for copying stuff this was really nice to see them go out on their own there um but i haven't seen one in person uh we did uh scooter did the uh scooter Dole, review which is his real name by the way we're not making up fake names here in the track uh michael Oh, actually, uh, I pay Scooter, so that's not his real name. It's it's Scott. <laughs> but his last name is Dahl. All right. Michael Karkari says, how many Model S do you think will they will deliver for next week event, and how long before we see real reviews of it? Uh, repeat that question. How many Model S do you think they will deliver for next week's event, and how long before we see real? I mean, reviews you're gonna see it? reviews probably for from Jay Leno and MKBHD, which are the two only right. people that uh, Tesla really works directly with now. Uh, 
And even make MKBHD, I'm not so sure like if he's going to make that cut. Like, uh, he, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him. And other than that, I think it's going to be from like people that actually buy the car, uh, which which I don't dislike too. It's yeah. uh, it, it's a good way to do it, or people that uh, um, will loan it to 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 reviewers. I know like uh, someone like uh, Doug Demuro, like often do does that. It will it will work with actual car owners and and review their actual cars. But uh, yeah, in terms of the deliveries, uh, Tesla has been sitting on some decent inventory that uh, as they, they kept the, the validation process. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of service work on, on that front to, to get those cars ready to production to, to deliveries. But uh, at the delivery event itself, I, I don't know. But I, I would assume that Tesla will have a decent chunk of vehicles to deliver the, the first week and, and then ramp up production from, from there. Uh, but at the, at the event itself, I have no idea. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's hard to hard to tell. Although yeah. they have been manufacturing them, I think there's quite a bit out there already. All right, Seattle Vienna says, how long will it take for Tesla to upgrade the existing V2 supercharger stalls to V3? I don't think they're going to yeah. upgrade all of them. I think they're kind of... I think that's what they said at first, that they were going to upgrade them, and then they realized, you know what? It's the, the V2 are still useful. Especially considering you have a bunch of cars that that cannot even take the V3, uh, so I, I I think they they're gonna do it as they they see fit, and maybe you're gonna still see a lot of V2 around, uh, used more as like urban supercharger and stuff like that instead of long distance. All right, last question. Greg Pollan says, any more to say about the Karma GS6L? Beautiful car. I agree, it's a beautiful car. Um, it's a review we did last week. Um, <clears throat> so Karma, you know, I'll try to make it short, but the Karma is the same Karma that Henrik Fisker started a decade ago, about the same time Tesla was doing the Model S. Um, they had some serious problems. Their batteries uh, kept getting recalled, and the battery manufacturer stopped, and then um, a bunch of their cars got hit in Sandy, and the company went under. It got bought by a Chinese auto parts company, um, the, you know all the designs, all the factory, everything. Even the battery company that was separate got bought by the Chinese company. Fast forward to 2016, they put out the Karma Rivera, which is kind of a similar um, look to the the original Fisker Karma. Um, that car had some issues as well, but now the GS6 comes out. Um, they've kind of fixed all their little problems. They replaced the GM uh, motor with a uh, the same motor that's in the i3, sorry, the BMW i8, which is a um, kind of just a generator. It's kind of a, a, a Rex motor, like a, if we're using the parlance of the uh, BMW i3. Um, it's a range extender, um, but you know the, the fuel tank in the Karma is much bigger than the the i3. So basically, uh, you're driving, um, you run out of electricity and then the motor comes on, or you can drive around with the motor on if you want. Um, and then the motor just charges up the battery and, and directly uh, sends electricity to the electric motors, which are in the back. So it's a rear-wheel drive car. Um, so the car looks amazing. I've, you know, A few people disagree with that. On the um, outside. But we'll it, it's not inside, super practical. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the inside's a little weird, um, and it's tight, like, I actually don't hate the inside design, but I don't like the the amount of space you have. The driver's seat's fine, passenger's okay. 
when you get in the back seat, it's like really bad. Um, they have the battery bar going down the middle of the car, like the, the old uh, Chevy Volts used to. Um, so that makes a lot less room for the for either side, and then like in the back seat, you're just really tight. Um, and it's a huge car because it's got two drivetrains and two well, not two drivetrains, but it's got a batteries and it's got a a, a big motor. So um, there's not a lot of room for people. So they they've traded it off, but you know, as far as plug-in hybrids go, uh, I think that's, I think it's the best thing out there right now. Um, and you know, driving around in a, uh, Karma, you're going to get the looks that you're looking for if you have an exotic car, but you're not going to get the, the speed. Um, it's, it's not slow by any means, but it's definitely not, I don't even think it's as fast as like my Tesla model three. So uh, that's kind of it. It's a it's a bunch of trade offs. I'm you know I I don't have a ton of confidence in the uh, in Karma you know uh, surviving for the next you know five or ten years. But they do have an all electric form. one coming that could be um, a little bit more popular. Yeah, so they have the the GS six E or GS E six or something. Uh, it's going to have a hundred ten kilowatt hour battery, so that's quite nice. It's going to have the same rear wheel drive. The battery is not going to be skateboard like you would think it would be because it's a very flat car, very like low to the ground car. So they're just going to basically where the BMW motor is, they're going to pull the BMW motor, put in a big square battery pack, and you've basically got the same car, but that doesn't fall back on an uh, engine and we'll have about 300 miles of range. So yeah. I don't know. Like I, I personally wouldn't get one of those but like if you need a gas uh backup or or you want to look you want to be like the bell of the ball mm. you should get one of these it's and they're not that expensive actually uh you know the karmas used to be 100 something thousand dollar cars now the gs6 is i think 84 thousand and the all electric one which is weird it's cheaper uh is going to be seventy nine thousand, and then you know like seven seventy five hundred federal and all of a sudden it's a seventy thousand dollar car not, not too crazy. But there are a lot of options price. in the price, so it's a competitive market at this point in the EV, which is uh, which is fun. It makes our, our job more sure. fun. <laughs> that's just that's just two options in every yeah. segment. Now that you're getting you're getting some option. All right, well that's it, everyone for uh, for the electric podcast this week. A big thanks to Volkswagen. Thank you for the all new all electric Volkswagen ID4 SUV for sponsoring this episode of the electric podcast. We're gonna see you same place, same time next week. If you like the show, please give us a thumbs up and a subscribe. And um, if you're on your podcast app listening to us right now, you can give leave us a quick review uh, with a five-star rating. That helps the show a lot, gets it to push it to more people and uh, spread the EV revolution. Uh, we're going to see you same place, same time next week. Ciao.